You're listening to the BJJ Globetrotters Pirate Radio Podcast, brought to you from St. Bart in the French West Indies. We talk jiu-jitsu, traveling, and people who do things a bit different in life. I am your host, Christian Graugard. Good evening, everyone. I am back in the basement. It is uh, Tuesday evening, almost midnight. I uh, I came home from training just like an hour and a half ago, something, maybe two hours. And uh, I've been working quite a lot the last few days. Well, last week was the, the camp here in St. Bart. And um, we had more than 40 people visiting and it was just a super intense week um, and this week I'm catching up on all the stuff that I didn't have time for last week so uh, one thing I've been doing a lot this week has been to um, to uh, announce uh, the camps for next year because I've been working the last uh, three months on um, on organizing the and setting up the the camp schedule for next year and um so this week has been where i've i've done like kind of a little christmas advent calendar and um and announced one one camp per per day uh yesterday we announced the the castle camp which is uh i spent well the idea is several years old um, but but i spent at least the last year seriously looking into uh uh, castles for rent and um, after a lot of research and uh, coming down with a list, with a spreadsheet of 114 castles that I all called up or emailed uh, I finally think I found the right, right one and um, yeah it was, it was it's been something I've been been working on for a long time and didn't tell many people about but but uh, it was nice to to announce it and yeah, I had no idea that this would happen, but it it actually sold out already today. So that was less than twenty eight hours. Um, so it's going to be interesting. And then today also announced the the classic uh, Belgium camp, which is the big one. With uh, we might even hit three hundred people this time. Last time it was two seventy five, but I think we can still fit more. So um, more stuff in the schedule, more activities in the. So that one is announced. There's still obviously still room on that one. Um, anyway, uh, last week was was intense, and and um, and then now every evening I've just been sitting and, and building the the websites and for the camps and and um, just wrapping up the last details on contracts and uh, logistics. I hope to announce three more camps this week, uh, which I'll talk a bit more in the next episode. But um, yeah, so. So last last week we had the camp and uh, that was my first attempt at doing kind of a field report from um, from a camp, which I, I thought could be an interesting uh, take on, on a podcast. So I'm not just doing like sit down studio interviews. Um, I kind of ended up with maybe four or five hours of, of uh, audio from the camp that I recorded. Um, so I need some time to uh, to edit it and um this week I'm 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 trying just to find time to to sleep so I don't think it's going to happen so what I did get at the camp was uh, I think I got a really good interview with Alexander Trance um 
who is well I guess most people know he's he's one of the by far the most successful competitors in in the world um, over the last uh, handful of years um, I know him from Denmark uh, we uh, we kind of we started jiu-jitsu uh, around the same time when it when it started to become popular in Denmark and um, we train in different gyms but but obviously not a small community everybody knows each other so uh, he competed in a lot of competitions that I that that I organized, and um, I think he's always been. I mean, he's definitely taken. He definitely took a different kind of. Uh, I mean, the, the way he he approached jujitsu competition was a, a huge contrast to to myself, uh, where I did it some. I mean, probably a lot compared compared to what what was available back then, but but nothing near. Uh, with the like I didn't put nothing near as much time and, and effort into it as, as he did and uh, he was kind of the competitor and I was more like the hobby guy hobbyist um, obviously there are a lot of people in, in the community but 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 I always admired his um, how he competed so much so it was interesting to have a little bit of time to sit down and talk with him actually we talked about it all week but but it was such a busy week that uh, we had to do the interview on the way to the airport on the last day here uh, uh, a few days ago when he left the island. So we had a little half an hour and um, I sat down and talked to him about what, what I thought would be interesting. Um, I'm not really very, I don't really, you know, jiu-jitsu competition doesn't really interest me in terms of like who wins what and so on. I could not mention any world champion or any medalists from any of the major competitions in the last uh, five ten years. For I, I don't know. It doesn't really interest me. Like just the actual sport as a fan. I'm I'm not really a fan of the sport as such. Uh, what interests me a lot is is like the the mental aspect and the like what's going on in people's heads when they when they sign up for competitions and uh, why it's so difficult. Why why do we freak out about it? Why do our brains? It's, uh, freak out about it uh, in such a crazy way and um so it was interesting for me to sit down with one of the best competitors in the world and and someone who's professional at it and uh and actually make a living off just training and competing um and uh go through a few things that i thought could be inter- interesting to hear from his perspective on and um i caught a few i had i caught a few things he said during the week of the camp that that i kind of wanted to follow up on so uh, so without more uh, introduction, here is the, the, the little interview. Um, it's about 20 minutes long, I think. And um, I hope you'll enjoy it. So we're in the car with Alexander Trans. Oh, on the way to the airport, last day of the camp. Just... Uh, Last minute interview. How was your week? It was great. It was uh, a really cool experience to get to uh, know a lot of new people and train some jiu-jitsu and try some surfing and stuff on, on the island. It was great. I think uh, all of the interviews are usually, I guess, talking about your competitions and your results and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but. Uh, I noticed a few things you said that was kind of interesting because I think when people, uh, I mean, you're one of the very few people in the world who make a living off competing. Probably how, how many people do you think do that? 
Like, I don't know. Actually, I think it's uh, it's more and more. Yeah. Like a lot of people will will have an academy as well and teach, but there are like more and more people that are only uh, focusing on uh, on competing. Yeah. Also now the the professional scene is growing a lot, so now you get paid also for seminars, sponsorships, and and for for the events that actually pay you to fight. Mm. So that, that's growing a lot. But um, so I think I think a lot of people will will think that like uh, when you're training this much and training just to compete. I mean, it's something I noticed that you said like some days you just don't like to train or it's like too much. Yeah, I think like I think every job, even if like I feel like my job is the best job in the world, but I think all kinds of job, no matter what you do. You you're, you're gonna have some days that you're not motivated, or your body is sore and you're tired, and especially like being an athlete. Sometimes I wake up and my body is really sore and beat up, and I don't really feel like going. But you know, that that's when that's the difference between like a hobby and a job, right? Yeah. When it's a hobby, then you just take a day off, but when it's your job, then you you have to go. So that's like the difference. Do you think you enjoy it? Do you think you enjoy jujitsu less or more now? I mean, I, I still love jiu-jitsu. I, I love to train and uh, and stuff. But uh, but like when I'm training for a competition, it's not like really fun mm. training. Like I still kind of I still enjoy it, but it's like really hard mentally and physically. So I think probably like the I would say maybe I will. Like a guy that just comes there for fun after work, just to just to relax and and have fun. He he probably has more fun than me, mm. but I still love training. There's another thing I heard you say, which I think will uh, will make a lot of people happy to hear, is that even at your levels, uh, often you feel like you don't know anything about jujitsu. Yeah, I have that like every week, like. Several times a week, I'll go back in my car from training, and I'll just think like, "Man, I really suck at this stuff. <laughs> like, when am I gonna get good?" I really feel like uh, that's what what all beginners say. They're like, "I trained for three years and I don't know anything." Yeah. Like, and I, I try to tell them that, you know, I did this for 20 years. I still feel like I'm a complete fucking beginner. And I roll with some people, and they're like, they make me feel like I never trained jujitsu in my life. But then I always tell them. It's, Everyone feel that, except for maybe the best guys in the world, but apparently... I, I, I at least, I, I feel it, like, uh, because there's so much to learn still mm -hmm. in, uh, in Jiu-Jitsu, and it's like ever-evolving. So even if you know everything today, you're not gonna know everything tomorrow. So it's like a constant process of learning. So that's what I also think is really cool about the sport, right? Yeah. Let's, uh, let's check in. I'll take this. <laughs> So, just arrived at the airport. It's, uh... Oh, you travel light for a big guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you only need uh, two pairs of shorts here. Yeah, I saw. Uh, I actually, I was gonna bring a big suitcase. You don't need anything. But then uh, I saw you post on Facebook that you want to see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a waste. Det kan være, at du kan have den her vand med hjem. Jeg kan ikke tage den med hjem. Ja, det kan du godt. Der er ikke noget tjek. Okay.
Yeah, so there's no security check or anything at this airport. Even if there was, you can just jump the fence. The fence is like knee knee height. Commuter. Okay. What? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we found a place in the shade. <laughs> so, at what point did you decide uh, to go like full time on jujitsu? Uh, I think it, w it was in 2010. Um, before that, I had had some years where I didn't really take it that seriously because, I, like, I couldn't see myself being like a professional in the future. Also, like, just a few years ago, there weren't really any. There wasn't a lot of uh, professional events, not enough to like to make a living just off that. So. You would have to open a school, and in Denmark it's difficult. So I had kind of, kind of like forgotten about it. But then I started like training really seriously again in like 2009. And then in 2010, I won, uh, went to the Europeans at Purple. That was like my first uh, big international competition. And then uh, I won weight in absolute, and uh, won some competitions in Sweden and, and Denmark that year and then uh, I went to the world for the first time in 2010 and I, I won at Purple and uh, I remember my my parents went over with me and they had like they told me later that they kind of thought that I just went for fun like they didn't believe I actually had a chance uh, but then like they thought it was really cool when they uh, came over there and like they saw how big the sport is, like how many people were there were there, and and they got like a, a different kind of view on it. And then actually, like we talked about, it and and this, they said that they would like uh, uh, support me in it as well. So uh, like for the, because as when you're a color belt, like before you get to black belt, you don't really make any money. So I would like. Uh, I was living at home, and they would. Uh, I didn't have any expenses, and uh, my dad uh, got me. A, he had a friend that uh, sponsored me, which was more like a, a favor, of course, at that time. So I could uh, travel and compete, and uh, and then I just went uh, all in, and then I yeah, started training full time. I would work some jobs, like I would be a bouncer on weekends and stuff, and then later I would start giving classes and private lessons and stuff but, so, so so far you're, you're sounding like uh, uh, in terms of being uh, like not enjoying training sometimes it's a little bit too hard and all that uh, like are, are you still nervous in competitions yeah I get very nervous like I uh, I get like one week before it starts and then I start just like having like a kind of a pain in my stomach and the heart is racing and and then it's just like gradually gets worse and worse and then the day before it's a nightmare like I, usually I can't really sleep and I have like 
weird dreams and I sweat like crazy and shake and stuff and then I wake up and then it's like I just I've done it so many times so I just go through the routine so I just like I know I have to eat even though I, I don't feel like it because a lot of guys still get nervous and they won't eat but like I, I know that I have to eat so I, I'm eating even though I'm not hungry and I do all the my whole routine as I always do and then it's like when I when I get to the venue and I put on my gi and I start warming up, like I have the same warm up routine that I do at all competitions and I've been doing for years. Uh, then uh, then it's like I I kind of relax. Then you get tense because you're focused and your uh, your body is like filled with adrenaline. Like you almost get like kind of dizzy from the adrenaline, but it's not like fear anymore. I think the worst thing is that. I'm all, I'm a guy that I, I really I always like to like calculate things and plan things. So like the last week, I, my uh, brain is like racing, thinking about all the possibilities, and there's like no way you can calculate what's gonna happen because there like there's so many things that can happen. So I think that's what that's the worst thing. But when I'm there, then I know okay, you know what? Now it's it's time. So I'm gonna now we're gonna see like what the result is gonna be. So then I, then I get calmer. And then when I fight, then it's just like, then I'm just focused. So are you, are you afraid to lose? Yeah, I am. I am. I think it's like, it's kind of a, it's this fear where you, you can't really, you can, <laughs> I can say with logic, I can say I shouldn't be afraid to lose. Because if I lose, it won't change anything. And if I win, it will just change my life in a positive way. But it's like, also now, like it is my job, so of course, if I just keep losing and don't get good results, then you know it's it, it's a problem. So I, I feel pressure and uh, and I, I and I'm, I think I'm afraid of losing because it's so important to me. You know, if it wasn't important to me, if I went and did a a soccer tournament or something, I wouldn't be nervous. I wouldn't care. Surfing competition. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't be nervous. But uh, when it's something that's really important to you, then I, I think it doesn't matter. You're gonna get nervous, but then it's about using your experience to control that nervousness. Mm. So do you ever, when there's a competition coming up, are you, are you ever like, I don't feel like signing up for this? Like, or do you just, do you just sign up automatically or? Like I usually, like because a lot of guys like to compete like uh, very often and fight small tournaments, but I always, I don't know, like I, I get more motivated when it's like the big tournaments and then I feel like, no, you have to go. So uh, that's just like something I have to do. I have to fight uh, worlds and I have to fight. Of course, now I have to choose a little bit more because I've, I'm getting a lot of injuries and stuff. So I can't fight every month. Then it's almost like every time I compete, I get some, some injury. Um, so I have to choose more. But yeah, of course, I feel like as well, I, I feel like... Uh, uh, taking uh, taking out my name or I, I don't want to go uh, I'm, I'm gonna do something else this time I'm not gonna go this time I'll go next time I think that every time but uh, do you ever sit and look at the who, who, the participants list yeah I try to sign up I try to do it uh, I try not to do it but I end up doing it like every day when <laughs> you, I get uh, closer to the competition and if, if there's someone you don't know you look them up on YouTube or something I look but I always did that I think that's part of the, like my my job as well I did research I did that since like uh, brown belt so I would look up everyone if there were 16 in the ca category I, I would look up each one and I would watch at least like one fight where I would like 
see what what their main thing we're doing if they if they are gonna try to take down if they do guard what kind of guard they do what side uh, they do uh, the guard to like what are the positions that people have success uh, against them with and uh, the contrary what what are their main positions so I always did that what do you think um, so if I compare me and you because I remember in Denmark I mean uh, we kind of grew up in jiu-jitsu together, kind of like parallel, in different academies. Yeah. Um, obviously, you're in a, an academy with a strong kind of competition culture that that must have pushed a little bit more to, to actually go and sign up for all the competitions. But, yeah. I mean, okay, so, so I, I took more the route of organizing the competitions, but I knew competing would be good for me. But I had a period, maybe also because I was kind of, as we talked about the other day, there was like a, a, some competition between. The, it was like a race. Everybody mm. tried to get who can get a purple belt first, yeah. you know, who can win the Europeans first, yeah. who can who can send the biggest team, in a in a positive way. It was a healthy competition environment, um, but also me being like the head of of one of the academies, you know, I felt even more pressure to yeah. to you know, you know all eyes on me. Uh, and I like if I sign up for a competition, you know, maybe Shimon or someone from the other who runs the other academies, maybe they're going to be in my division. Uh, it's like, what, what's he weighing at the moment? You know, like, <laughs> shit, can I maybe cut some weight and, and, and maybe not meet these guys because uh, uh, they're, they're pretty good, you know, I mean, maybe I have a chance, but what if I lose? I might lose some students or, you know, I might. Uh, um, dead, deadly afraid of it. And then I just, I think for a period, I just kind of gave up to the fear of competing especially around Purple Belt, when mm -hmm. it got a little bit serious and people started to get really good. Yeah. And, you know, even, okay, so Nogi, I'm a Purple Belt, I teach this in this academy, maybe uh, some of you guys have some really good blue belts, like maybe they, they, submit, they catch me <laughs> in a submission in the Nogi, it's like, shit, what are people going to say? You know, I, I, I gave up to the fear for a period where I didn't compete for a few years. Yeah. But what do, you, what do you think makes a difference to, uh, and, and eventually I realized, I, I, I know I was looking at like you guys, who were just, Every single competition, just sign up. Yeah, and and, and you look, started competing again. I, I started competing again because I, I was like, shit, I have to do this. You know, yeah. I, I have to push myself out into deep water, and and whatever happens happens. You know, and and I look at like some some guys like you who just signed up every single time, and and in my fantasy, I'm like, oh, these guys are not nervous to compete. They they just do it. Like they don't even think about it. They just sign up every single competition. They they they're probably not even nervous about of. of they have no fear of losing. Uh, I don't think it's true. No, it's not. <laughs> but in my head, it, it was that was the case. Yeah, I think a lot of people feel like that. One. Yeah, yeah. And um, eventually, I was like, I, I have to, I have to face my fear. You know, I have to, I have to start competing again. And at one point, I was like, okay, fuck it, I'll sign up for everything. And I feel like as soon as I kind of got it going. It just became a thing. Yeah. You know, competing all the time was just something I did. You get used to it. Uh, and I did like seven competitions in seven weekends. I got used to it. It was like weekdays, that was that hurt, you know. And then in the weekend, it didn't really hurt because there was some adrenaline. Yeah. I didn't feel the... And it just re rinse and repeat. And that's why I did with all my students, really, and all the kids. Like I said, just, just compete. You know, it's healthy. Do it. Yeah. But I don't have time myself. But in reality, <laughs> I was so fucking afraid of it. Also, owning the gym, and that was kind of my business, you know, and I didn't want to... I'm, I'm sure people would, even if I lost, uh, and then I found out, it, when I lost, it, nothing changed, really. Yeah, it was actually changed. more, it was more motivating for people that I did it. Yeah. Just, you know, be a, a good example. But what do you think made, made the difference for, like, for you to just, to just keep signing up and not kind of 
you think it was a training environment or like everybody pushed each other to do it? I think at that time I didn't have like anything else in my life. Mm. I didn't have anything. Like I was like, I had, uh, I dropped out of uh, school. I didn't finish uh, like uh, high school, mm -hmm. gymnasium. Yeah, yeah, high school. And uh, I, then I did some jobs like, and but it wasn't anything that I, I didn't have like a passion about it. And always, I always had a passion about jujitsu. I just couldn't see it. I couldn't visualize like, this is what I'm gonna do the rest of my life. I had the dream like to do it, and but I couldn't see it. Mm. But then when I started to see, okay, this is actually possible. I can do it. Then it was like, there was just, there were, there were no other choices. It was like, I, it wasn't like, oh, you compete or you don't compete. There was like nothing. Mm. So I didn't, I feel like I didn't have anything to lose. But like today, as you say, I feel more, probably more pressure than when I was uh, starting out. Because in the beginning, nobody knew who I was. I would fight like in Brazil and, and the US and no one would have any idea of who I was. But then like today, if I fight some competition and, and I lose, like even when I lose to uh, like really good guys, like the best guys in the world, people always talk more about the fights that I lost yeah. than the ones I, I win. Even today, like sometimes I go do seminars and stuff. No one ever, t it's sometimes, but it's like sometimes, like one, one time they'll say something about a match I won. Uh, and like five times they'll say, ah, yeah, that guy beat you up uh, really bad, you know? So, I, but I think that's like a human thing to always want to, people that are successful, mm. not like saying that I'm successful necessarily, like, but, but people that feel like maybe I'm successful, they want to kind of drag you down a little bit. And mm. the same thing, like you had a school with a lot of students. So maybe like, yeah, like as you uh, thought, you would compete and lose or whatever. And then other people would say, ah, he's not that good, you know, to, like drag themselves up by dragging yeah, instead of yeah. pulling themselves up they're dragging other people yeah. down but the thing is like you said the people that are with you your students they don't think like that they are just they just get motivated by you competing and yeah. that's the same thing for me like if i lose i know my friends i know my teachers like the people i really care about my family they're not gonna look at it like that so i just try to tell myself like okay they can put like sometimes they can put some kind of nasty things like in the magazines or whatever when you when you lose or, or people talk like on the internet but why do i care like i care about the people that like my family my friends people that are nice mm. even if they're strangers if if they treat me nice then, then i care about their opinion but if they're like not nice people then why should i why should i spend yeah. energy listening to them so i think that's the main thing compete for yourself not competing for what other think what, what other gonna gonna think and also, I never competed to for someone else to say, ah, he's, he's really good. Like, it, it's always been something personal. And of course, because I had the goal, like, to, to become a professional. So that's also one of the things, like, today, I compete maybe three or four times a year. And the rest of the year, like, I basically do. Of course, it's hard training and I have a lot of sacrifices. Like, I can't just go on vacation where, whenever I want because I have to train. Uh, for the competitions, like I don't drink, you know, I don't party, stuff like that. I eat uh, clean, but but it's all. I think it's all worth it. And I, I actually uh, about nervousness. I saw an interview with uh, George Saint Pierre the other day, where he said like he hates fighting. Mm. He said in the interview, I hate fighting, but I do it because I can live the life that I want, like a sam samurai. I can train every day. So and then I fight a couple of times a years and uh, a year, and then I can have the lifestyle that I want. Mm. So. It's okay to be honest about it uh, and say, I'm nervous, like I don't feel well before competing. 
but I do it anyway, you know. Yeah. I think that's even more brave than people that are just like, I'm not nervous. Yeah. Okay, but then that's not being brave. That's you're not you don't care about it that much or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah, I remember I had I had that MMA fight fifteen years ago. Uh, so I've never felt a stronger urge to just fucking run away, <laughs> throw up. <laughs> Everybody's watching, you know? yeah. But I think a lot of the fear is like you you think people are watching yeah. when you lose. And and for ninety nine percent of people that's just not true. Yeah. Like maybe their mom is watching or something, but they, they, yeah. she doesn't even know what's happening. I mean but but you have the magazines and like everybody's gonna talk on the internet if you lose to, I don't know, yeah. some guy. But in reality for most people who compete at any other level than the the highest, I, I, nobody really remembers or yeah. or uh, yeah, or actually actually notice if you lose. So. But uh, but that's I think that your brain will uh, will try to convince you that oh shit I'm at the Europeans four thousand people are watching me lose. Yeah. But like then when you sit up there and and in between the fights you don't know, you don't see any matches really yeah. you don't notice notice shit. And like every time two people goes into the mat. One one of them loses. So imagine like, if and if, if you're in a bracket of sixteen, like fifteen are gonna are gonna lose. If yeah. it's a bracket of like thirty, like twenty nine are gonna lose. Are all of those just like idiots and uh, losers? Then yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's just one that's uh, that's good. The rest just suck. You know, you can't really. But it's difficult. I mean, and and as you say, it's, it's like it's human nature, and I think the fear is. It's healthy, to face. Do you think it, it, it changed you to to be a competitor? Yeah, for sure. Like it's it's the most difficult, the most challenging thing ever. Like before I would have I would be nervous at like when I would do exams or like stuff like that. Today it's really hard for me to get nervous with anything else mm. than competing. Mm-hmm. Because it's just so extreme. Like even people say, Ah, it's jujitsu you don't get punched in the face. But it's not the fear of like uh, getting hurt. That ever uh, like I've gotten hurt uh, as well in 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 jujitsu, but that was never the the point. Like afraid of being hurt, I was afraid to lose, of not doing well. And I think all human beings they have that fear inside of inside them of not not uh, succeeding, right? Mm. Not doing well. So I think that's just the main the main thing. I remember uh, Kenneth, local guy from Denmark, who fought a lot of MMA before it like really got big. He's probably the most active MMA yeah, fighter. Yeah, was fought, right? I, I remember he told me that. Like he was studying or something, and he was having an exam, and he was like, "Nothing can make me like afraid no. when, like three or four times a year, I go into a cage with everyone watching, and there's someone who's trying to knock me out, and he's done nothing but train, like every day to try and kill me, pretty much. Like so, and then he's at the exam, and he's like, what the fuck this? It's like, uh, but I think, you know what? What really is it's kind of it's kind of funny, but uh." I'm honest about this. Like you know, when I didn't, when I was afraid and I didn't compete, one thing that changed me because I was always, I was looking at you guys. You were like, you're like competitors, like real competitors. Push yourself, uh, and it's uh, one one thing that that kind of changed things for me was like, where I lived, there was like a hairdresser, and they had a poster in the window, and I think I I thought a little bit about that. I was like competition that I. Ah oh, shit! Some guys signed up. It's like I think like brown belt. Yeah. I was like, fuck! It's so much pressure, and these guys are like new brown belts, and I even have an academy. You know, they they don't even teach. You know, they they will probably beat me, and I, and I passed like this hairdresser. <laughs> it was like a cold winter day, and they had like a, a huge poster in the window, like a rugby, some like rugby guy. Yeah. 
like just sitting in the mud. Like he took his helmet off. Was like uh, and 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 the poster said, "You're born a boy. Competition makes you a man." That's true. <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> I was like, this is the cheesiest moment ever. <laughs> that got to. But, but I'm going <laughs> to fucking sign up for this competition now. <laughs> that hairdresser, uh, uh, hairdresser uh, kind of motivational quote <laughs> on a winter day. And I was like, okay, fuck this. I want to be a man like that rugby guy. And uh, I signed up. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to do this. And I just signed up for all the competitions I could. And that was like, that was the push I needed. There was a, there was a motivational quote in the... In the window yeah, of a little hairdresser. Sometimes you get inspiration from like weird places. Yeah, but that's cool. <laughs> that, that's what made me a, a man. <laughs> All right, anyway, we better we better get to your, your plane. Yeah, let's go. So let's go. Well, thanks for the talk. That was interesting. Yeah, a different you. side of it. Thank you. All right, so we're gonna head to the to the back to the airport. And uh, I'll say goodbye to Alex for hope you'll be back on the island one day. For sure. I think there are some really interesting things to uh, to take uh, from from this interview with Alex. Is that if you're ever in doubt about if uh, being nervous about competing or feeling like you you just training is just not fun when you're competing or that you don't know anything about jiu-jitsu even though you just keep training uh, or you're afraid to lose or uh, you don't feel like signing up for a competition if you're ever in doubt about if this was just you at least now you know it is not um, here you have uh, one of the absolute best guys in the world who compete at the biggest biggest competitions out there and um, he says the exact same thing as the as the white belt who uh, who are about to sign up for a competition for the first time uh the i think the the key here is that that being afraid to compete and being afraid to lose is competition like that is the actual process that is the the comfort zone that that is the the area outside of your comfort zone that you by definition put yourself in by competing and that is exactly where you uh, where you grow um in my opinion there is not a single thing about jiu jitsu that's not healthy for you not a single element of it um physically and mentally uh there's been nothing like a competition that's that's uh kind of pushed me to be healthier stronger train more and be more focused i mean that's that's just a fact so it's a an extremely healthy thing and uh highly recommend everyone to do it and definitely something that that i hope i can get personally can get back to at some point um when I have a little bit more time in my schedule. And I know that it's uh, there's no doubt that it's going to mess with my head tremendously uh, trying to get back into it at some point. But we'll see. We'll see. I hope to to become one of those uh, really old guys who still compete when they're like 70 or 80 or something. Anyway, um, I'm now going to uh, quickly work on some more cams. I also need to eat tonight, by the way, which I haven't had time for. Uh not to mention sleep. Um, so I'm going to uh, keep working on announcing some camps tomorrow. And um, and from there, I'm going to start editing uh, the podcast from, from the camp last week and uh, see what I can get out of that. 
Um, I hope you enjoyed this uh, second episode of the BGJ Globetrotters Pirate Radio Podcast. Um, if you want to know more about BGJ Globetrotters, just go to bgjglobetrotters.com. Um, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can do this on iTunes or other places. I don't remember where I signed it up for, but at least iTunes or just bgjglobetrotters.com slash podcast. Uh, you can just type in your email and you get a notification every time there's a new episode. So that's it. Um, I am going to check out for now and um, I will see you soon for the third episode.